Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Hey everybody, how you doing? This is Chris here. It is April the 16th of 2018 uh okay we've got somebody in the chat saying recording has started where can we listen in um you should be at the if you're at the talk show site and you clicked on the start call now button you should be hearing me as i speak right now but of course if you can't uh, put it in talkshoe.com into the chat um, interesting. Of course, it wants to correct my spelling on the thing. Oh, well. Anyway, if somebody else in the chat can help that individual out, that'd be great. Um, I'm having a hard time here with this uh, autocorrect on this phone. Now, that's the thing about these cell phones and all that. It's just a new way of doing things and you got to get used to it. I'm not really used to these uh, operating through a cell phone. I usually do this through a computer, but uh, I got rid of my computers and all that and uh, I just don't have them anymore. So I'm doing this through a cell phone trying to limit my exposure to the internet and all that. I talked about that last time. But, uh, yeah, it gets to be just oh, one thing after the other with technology and all that. Of course, anybody that's using it understands it, what I'm talking about. Gaia is not hearing me. Well, I think that Gaia may have to check if his speakers are on or if maybe he's got sound turned off in his browser or could be a number of things. I don't think it's on my end. If anybody can hear me, that means I'm going out and that the call is streaming. So if somebody out there can't hear me, then it's probably on their end. And if nobody can hear me, then it's probably on my end. Um... Oh, looks like somebody has called in and is on hold. Well, I has I'm right now in uh oh, okay, I just had a message there. Eligador says he can hear now. Cool, all right. Um Turville, Texas, and this is um where I'm at right now is a, it's like a 50 acre ranch and they have a festival every year and it's folk, folk music 
uh, kind of bluegrass, that sort of thing. And on past calls, you probably heard Dr. Fuster Cluck. He mentioned it on a couple occasions. We had a conversation about it. Uh, hung out with uh, the doctor. He's a great guy. He's a chill guy. And uh, we are just hanging out here at the ranch. And there's some other cool folks out here. And it's sort of centered around this music festival that's coming up and doing some volunteer work. And this will get me into the festival for doing volunteer work. And I'm just camped out here and I get to eat in the uh, community kitchen here, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty good setup. Um, thanks to the doctor for hooking me up with this um, pleasant experience. I have to say, I've had a good time here so far. And the festival will be starting, I believe, on in about four weeks, something to that effect. I, I would give out the date but I'm not exactly sure. I think it's May 18th. That'd be like a month from now, approximately, give or take. Uh, So, yeah, I probably will be hanging out here for a bit and then maybe go somewhere else or and then come back for the festival. Not sure yet, so... uh, I've been reading this book when I've been out here called Against Civilization. And so I'm about uh, five chapters in, something like that. And I've talked before on past calls a lot about civilization like what exactly is it what is it I mean it's something that uh, I've heard it just, yeah, I've heard this kind of analogy it's like you're being a, like a fish in a fish tank it's like what is your like what is culture I think John um, used that analogy it's like uh, you, you don't realize that you you know the system that you're in and you're born into is kind of like being a fish in a fish tank where it's like oh you just kind of take the water for granted. You don't even really know it's there, I guess, from a a fish's perspective. But civilization is something that's referred to as sort of this uh, idea that, um, well, what, is, what does it imply? Well, you're civilized, meaning you're not, uh, a, you're separate from I guess the idea is that you're separate from the savages and you're not, you're a civilized person. Well, what does that even mean to be civilized? I think that's a good question. And what is exactly civilization and why do we have automobiles? We have agriculture. We have 
all of these things that we sort of been brought up to take for granted. And do you ever wonder why shit is so complicated though? I mean, for yourself, I know for myself personally, it's like, wow, there's so much stuff that is just so involved and so contrived and so ridiculous. And just to, I mean, this example, I mean, just kind of getting this call started, which is pretty amazing on one end, where here I am talking to, um, well, by the way, I can read off who's here in the chat, Adam Miller, Gaia, Columbia, Kalita Brigante, uh, Not So Freemason, Papa Cat, Question Our Reality, West Maryland, and and Unknown in the chat. And then it will go out on a podcast, and then I have no idea how many people download it. Um, I get kind of wildly varying statistics. But anyway, that's pretty amazing. But on the other hand, it is kind of just aggravating, frustrating as I'll get out to try to navigate this technical crap. But you've got all of these things to be concerned with in civilization. You have this level of complexity on level of complexity on level of complexity, and it just never ends. So how much of your life is spent just dealing with the complex nature and the convoluted nature of this thing called civilization? And then, so I've been talking about this, uh, okay, veganism trend and all that until probably a lot of people that listen and tune are probably tuning out right now because they're just, I don't want to hear Let's talk about veganism anymore. What is his hang up on it? Well, it's just a it, it, interesting and relevant to me because in this thing called civilization, uh, from my perspective and what I said before, I've given out the in, the, in the quote for this evening will be that uh, Charles Fort quote about we're, we are on a human ranch and I can't quote it verbatim, but to paraphrase it, that we're, we exist inside of a human ranch. We're being farmed. We're being ranched. We're being cultivated. We have culture given to us. We're like domesticated products. That that's what I believe that we're experiencing on one level. Now, who is the cultivators or what some people say, oh, it's just the Illuminati or whatever, the actual rulers of civilization? Like, who are they? You know, where, where did it come from and all that? I, I don't know. I just leave that question kind of open. I have no idea. I mean, it's just, it's it's, it's here and we exist in it. But like what this book goes into is contrasting civilization uh, so far in the first several chapters here, contrasting civilization with a primitive sort of 
hunter-gatherer cultures and what type of life that, what type of life experience that they have, what type of, uh, what, what was their health like, what was their longevity like. Now we're told a lot of things, and I think we have this kind of idea driven to our heads as well for the primitive or the people hunter-gatherers. I mean, I think the average uh, denizen of civilization would say, oh, life was brutish, life was short, life was very, very difficult, and you had to just scavenge and scrape whatever you could, and you were just going through this sort of hand-to-mouth existence where you would go for days without eating and you were kind of malnourished and you died young and it was a, you know, saber two tigers killed you and, uh, maybe not saber two tigers. What am I talking about? Oh, wild beast would rend you apart. It was just, you know, sickness and disease and you're out in the cold and it's just horrible, horrible, horrible. And, According to this book, a lot of other stuff I read. I don't know. I was, I've never lived in a primitive culture, so I I have to go off what I can read, what I can pick up here and there. But it's saying that that's absolutely not the case. And if that was the case, how did how did uh, you know there exist Native American cultures that didn't they weren't civilized and they were all over the northern continent when the so-called settlers arrived here i mean how how did they grow to the numbers that they grew to and how do they have fairly sophisticated culture in their own right but one thing they didn't have is universities they didn't have freeways they didn't have uh man freeways that's a whole other subject in and of itself they didn't have um industrialization, packaged food. They didn't have any of that stuff. And they and they managed to exist. And there's these accounts of people who studied the native tribes of them being all flourishing, being of good health, good bone structure, good, good manners, very... Uh, loving, giving people that were shared among themselves and all that. They didn't uh, have any concept of private property, anything like that. That's what's described, and that's what some of the accounts that are uh, here in this book. And it kind of, what bears this out as well is if you are interested in you know documentaries, which I've watched I don't know how many documentaries over the course of my life, but a lot of them had to deal with, you know, primitive cultures that kind of still are around or kind of half primitive, kind of one toe or one foot in civilization. Or, <clears throat> But if you notice, like when you're watching these people <clears throat> that live like that, they appear to be very at ease, easy to smile, uh, by their appearance, they seem very healthy and not at all, um, you know, deprived of anything. 
which um, as far as being a member of so-called civilization, uh, how, how do you reconcile that with the notion that if you don't have civilization and you don't have grocery stores and if you don't have, you know, heated electric blankets or what have you, that you're going to be a miserable wretch. How do you reconcile that? But, um, I'll get around here to, oh, I was going to read from this book. Not too much reading here, but, uh, this is against civilization readings and reflections edited by John Zerzan. It's just kind of a compendium of different authors. And it's put out by Feral House. On the back, it says, I celebrate John Zerzan's anthology, harboring the best of civilized people's critiques of civilization. Herein, the reader will discover the questions that need to be asked and the insights that beg to be nurtured if humankind and the natural world as we know it are to thrive into the future. This book is that important. And that is uh, Chellis Grindening, author of My Name is Chellis, and I am a recovery from Western Civilization. This is what it says in the back. I was hoping to read one of these that is kind of a synopsis of what this is about. But anyway, moving on here, we'll go to this particular chapter. And titled Elements of Refusal. And this is, this one particular here was written by John Serzan. I mean, this entire, this book has different authors, but this same guy who edited also wrote this. But um, although food production by its nature includes a latent readiness for political domination, and although civilizing, civil, Civilizing culture was from the beginning its own propaganda machine. The changeover involved a monumental struggle. struggle. Freddie Perlman's against Leviathan, against history, is unrivaled in this, vastly enriching uh, on this, vastly enriching Toynbee's attention to the internal, quote-unquote, and external proletariat's uh, discontents within and without civilization. Nonetheless, along this axis, from digging stick farming to plow agriculture to fully differentiated irrigation systems, an almost total genocide of gatherers and hunters was necessarily affected. The formation and storage of surpluses are part of the domesticating will to control and make static an aspect of the tendency to symbolize. A bulwark against the flow of nature, surplus takes the forms of herd animals and granaries. Stored grain was the earliest medium of equivalence, the oldest form of capital. Only with the appearance of wealth in the shape of storable grains do the, do the gradations of labor and social classes proceed. While there were certainly wild grains before all of this, and wild wheat, by the way, is 24% protein compared to 12% for domesticated wheat, the bias of culture makes every difference. Civilization and its cities rested as much on granaries as on symbol- symbolization. 
the mystery of agriculture's origins. And this is what the part I found very interesting. And I never ran across this idea before, but this makes a lot of sense. Um, the mystery of agriculture's origin seems even more impenetrable in the light of recent reversal of longstanding notions that the previous era was one of hostility to nature and an absence of leisure. Quote, one can no longer assume, unquote, wrote Arm, that early man domesticated plants and animals to escape drudgery and starvation. If anything, the contrary appeared true, and the advent of farming saw the end of innocence, unquote. For a long time, the question was, why wasn't agriculture adopted much earlier in human evolution? More recently, we know that agriculture, in Cohen's words, is not easier than hunting and gathering and does not provide a higher quality, more palatable or more secure, and does not provide a higher quality, more palatable or more secure food base, unquote. Thus, thus the consensus question now is, why was it adopted at all? So the question is, yeah, why, why was agriculture even adopted? Uh, many theories have been advanced, none convincingly. Child and others argue that the population increase pushed human societies into more, more intimate contact with other species, leading to domestication and the need to produce in order to feed the additional people. But it has been shown rather conclusively that population increase did not precede agriculture, but was caused by it. I quote, I don't see any evidence in the world, unquote, uh, concluded Flannery, that suggests that population pressure was responsible for the beginning of agriculture, unquote. Another theory has it that major climatic changes occurred at the end of the Pleiocene about 11,000 years ago, which upset the old hunter-gatherer life world and led directly to the cultivation of certain surviving staples. Uh, recent dating methods have helped demolish this approach. No such climatic shift happened that could have forced the new mode into existence. Besides, there are scores of examples of agricultural being adopted or refused in every type of climate. Another major hypothesis is that agriculture was introduced via a chance discovery or invention as if it had never occurred to the species before a certain moment that, for example, food grows from sprouted seeds. It seems certain that Paleolithic humanity and virtually inexhaustible had a virtually inexhaustible knowledge of flora and fauna for many years, thousands of years before the cultivation of plants began, which renders this theory especially weak. Agreement with Carl Sauer's summation that quote agriculture did not originate from growing or chronic shortage of food unquote is sufficient, in fact, to miss virtually all originary theories that have been advanced. A remaining idea presented by Han, Isaac, and others holds that food production began at base as a religious activity. This hypothesis comes closest to plausibility. Sheep and goats, the first animals to be domesticated, are known to have been widely used in religious ceremonies and to have been raised in enclosed meadows for sacrificial purposes. Before they were domesticated, moreover, sheep had no wool suitable for, for textile purposes. The main use of hen in the south the main use of the hen in southeastern Asia and eastern Mediterranean in the earliest centers of civilization seemed to have been, quote-unquote, according to Darby, sacrificial or divinatory rather than elementary. Sauer adds that the egg-laying and the meat 
producing qualities of tame fowl are, quote, relatively late consequences of the domestication, unquote, while cattle will fierce and dangerous, neither the docility of the oxen nor the modified meat texture of such castrates could have been foreseen. Cattle was not milked until centuries after their initial capacity and representation indicate that their first known harnessing was to wagons in religious proceedings. Plants next to be controlled exhibit similar backgrounds so far as is known. Consider the New World examples of squash and pumpkin used originally as ceremonial rattles. Johansson discussed the religious and mystical motives connected with the domestication of maize, Mexico's most important crop and center of its native Neolithic religion. Likewise, Anderson investigated the selection and development of distinctive types of various cultivated plants because of their magical significance. The shamans, I should add, were well-placed in positions of power to introduce agriculture via the taming and planting involved in ritual and religion, sketchily referred to above. Though the religious explanation of the origins of agriculture has been somewhat overlooked, it brings us, in my opinion, to the very doorstep of the real explanation of the birth of production, that non-rational cultural force of alienation which spread in the form of time, language, number, or art to ultimately colonize material and psychic life in agriculture. Religion, quote-unquote, is too narrow a conceptualization of this infection and its growth. Domination is too weighty, too all-encompassing to have been solely conveyed by the pathology that is religion. But the cultural values of control and uniformity that are part of religion are certainly part of agriculture. And from the beginning, nothing that strains of corn cross-pollinate very easily. Anderson studied the very primitive agricultures of Assam the Naga tribe and their variety of corn that exhibited no differences from plant to plant, true to culture showing that, it's com- it, that it is complete from the beginning of production. The Naga kept the variety so pure, quote, only a f- fanatical adherence to an ideal type, unquote. This exemplifies the marriage of culture and production and domestication and is an inevitable progeny, repression, and work. <coughs> okay, I'll stop reading there. Uh, I didn't even mean to read that last past uh, paragraph. So I thought that was really interesting. You're going to hear that agriculture came out of some necessity. Because there was uh, people who were isolated and they had to have food. So, well, how did they get by to that point in the process of developing agriculture? It couldn't, it doesn't really make sense. This, this, the explanation that it came out of religious practices makes total sense. And like I said, I never ran across this particular idea before because, um, and I know this question has come up before, like what, you know, what, what got agriculture started and you're going to probably hear the standard answer of, you know, it, it was just kind of arose out of some kind of necessity because it was just so hard to get 
you know, to hunt, hunt and gather in certain regions so that agriculture took hold. Um, but yeah, well, that, that's like, like Pastor said, like, it doesn't make sense too. like, if you, you have primitive tribes or primitive people that would, uh, just migrate to other parts of the parts of their homeland or where to get to hunt and gather and they wouldn't stay in a region that was depleted or unable to produce enough food for their subsistence or so yeah this idea of agriculture and what it where exactly it comes from that's the best answer that's a, that is the best explanation I've heard that it comes out of religion, religious practices. And once those religious practices sort of took hold and that there was these um, sacrifices necessary to perform the religion and then, and then subsequently you're going to have to keep animals to do the sacrifices and all that. And then that kind of got around to the priests taking some of the sacrifices like for their own consumption. And that's that's documented in the Bible. You can read how the the what are they called Leviticus priest would take they were allotted a certain portion of meat. And so agriculture comes out of religion. And that's not to say that I mean, even primitive tribes and stuff, they were religious, but they still lived primitively. So, of course, it's not across the board, you know, going go hand in hand necessarily. But I got some caller inners here holding, and I'll unmute. Who's on here first? West Maryland. I'm going to try to unmute. Okay. West Maryland. How you doing? This hey. is uh, Chris here. Hey. Hey, Chris. It's uh, Dr. Mindbender. Dr. Mindbender. How you doing? Good. How are you? Doing well. What um, what are you going to do as far as like bending our minds this evening? I've already. Do you done have it. any? Uh, you've done it already. I've done it already. Just by. Okay. I've I've activated the so carrier wave. Yeah, you're already bent. Oh man, you didn't use Hoaxbusters call to put out the carrier wave for the mind bender signal, did you? <laughs> Yeah, you didn't feel That's, it in quantum foam? Um, no, because I was uh, tuned in to uh, like a Texas Rangers game in, in the quantum foam because <laughs> I'd missed it on the Google streaming earlier. But um, no, man, yeah, we're, so in all seriousness. We're knee deep in it. Yeah, we're all knee deep in the, the quantum foam right now. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like the Paul Mollov commercial, you're soaking in it. 
quantum foam. How does it make my hands feel so smooth? Well, it's <laughs> what it does. Indeed. It does a lot of things. <laughs> so, um, were you able to catch the the reading that I just uh, read out of this book here, Against Civilization? I did. Good, good, good stuff. So, um, kind of dumped Yeah, hopefully I didn't stammer around too much here. No, you 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 got to the point that uh, there's been some talk on the Discord there of uh, there's some fellow that uh, eats raw meat there. Um, I think a Ukrainian guy. That oh, really? Was posting. Oh, well, just uh, someone was posting YouTube uh, videos um, of some fellow that uh, is evidently a raw meat guy, and I fell into a, a rabbit hole watching those for a little while. This this weekend, so um, pretty interesting stuff. So, kind yeah, of is the guy's name is the guy's name Sveeridge, or that's a screen name, and he's like yeah, a yeah. blonde dude. Oh, that's him. So yeah. he's on the Discord. No, no, he's not. Someone posted some of his videos. Yeah, he's got kind of like a blonde skullet, like a a death metal looking kind of guy, you know, so. Okay, yeah, I think it's, uh, I've watched several of his videos, yeah. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Um, I, I, I think that he's got a lot of good insight into a lot of things as far as Mm -hmm. diet goes and all that. That, um, and yeah, I've watched a lot of his videos and, it makes a lot of sense from the perspective of like you're trying to figure out what's, you know, an optimal diet, what's going to, you know, keep you healthy and get you nutrients and is going to be easily digestible. Well, I mean, they, yeah, the primitive cultures and all that, they, they ate probably a lot of raw meat. I don't know. I know there's probably like tribes and stuff that cook food at times, but, um, it, yeah, a lot of cultures too. I mean, the French eat raw meat, Japanese eat raw meat. Um, I've been eating raw meat for the past several months. Now I don't, you know, I'll say something like that. And it's like, I think people get this idea. Oh, you eat, Chris, you eat exclusively just raw meat. Like I walk around with like a T-bone in my pocket or something and chew on it all day. No, it's like, I, I eat it. I've incorporated it into my regular diet along with like raw milk and uh, raw cream, raw butter, whatever I can find or get a hold of. Because, yeah, it's it's not easy to get. Like there's no, there's a place, um, Dr. Fustercluck, since he's my physician, he looked it up to try to find a source for it. And no, he's not really my physician. I'm just kidding. But um, that's his, his uh, nom de plume there, his uh, a.k.a alias um mm-hmm. and it's an hour and a half drive away from here and this is texas man this is like cattle country and it, it's it, it's funny how you get into the rural cattle country and stuff and it's um it, it it's sold around but it's not it's not something that you'll 
find in, in a store, but you got to go into like, but in San Diego in a big city, I was able to go into a Sprouts and buy it. And then when I was hanging out with the Richard D out in Phoenix, there was, I had access to it at, at a Sprouts there. Um, so that's, it's interesting that you go out here in the rural areas and you can't get it. <laughs> Nobody so wants it. it. You know, I'm like, it's legal in Texas and, and legal in California. Raw milk. Well, I'm pretty sure it's legal in Texas. I, I don't know why it wouldn't be. Uh, it's, I don't know. It's Maybe illegal it's here. In, it's illegal here in Maryland. We, we we can't buy raw milk in Maryland. So if I wanted, I have to go oh, to, you can't. to Pennsylvania. Yeah, I have to go to Pennsylvania to legally buy raw milk. So, wow. So, do you wild, consume huh? raw milk? No, I, I no, want that's to. just totally well. ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, you can't. No, Man, you got to drive all the yeah. way to Frig to Pennsylvania. Yes, it's probably uh, about I think an hour away. There's a farmers market that um, you know the the Amish set up, and and they have raw milk there. So. Um, I, I would imagine you could probably get a farmer to, if you're friendly with one, to, you know, if you slipped him a, a 20 to, you know, let you skip off the top of the, the good tank, but um, I've never tried it, so I don't know. Yeah, you almost have to, it's like contraband, or it's like a, it's like a, it's easier to get dope than it is that, but. It's, it's yeah, just, well you, yeah, it's, it's kind of hard. You got to buy it from some kid in a beat-up van and a Levi's jacket, you know, with a wizard painted on the side, and you know, flip <laughs> them a twenty and practically. Yeah. Yeah, practically. Back, I mean, yeah. that's how it. Yeah, that's what it seems like. I can get uh, there's in in Lawton where I'm from there. I can get it outside of town there, and there happens to be a farm that actually sells. They advertise it as fresh milk, and mm-hmm. it's uh, unpasteurized. They don't have pasteurization equipment, it, um, so it's just out of the cow, and they sell it. And um, I don't, I, I don't know, like um, if there's any restrictions on it in Oklahoma at all. I, I was under the impression there was initially, but um, I, I just don't know. Um, I, I, don't, I don't I don't think there is. I mean, if, if they can... Uh, I mean, they had it in, in a local health food store. They had a brand that was um, on the bottle. It said non-pasteurized whole milk. And then I noticed, and that was it was pretty quite a bit more expensive. I get it out of the farm for five dollars a gallon, but at the store it was considerably more. It's like seven dollars for half gallon or six. Uh, I don't know. It was a lot higher. But they, not that long ago, I I I was um, going to purchase that milk again, and it and it doesn't say non pasteurized anymore. It's like batch pasteurized or something so it's pasteurized now hmm. well here locally they uh a dairy farmer i guess has a 
some sort of uh, court case going right now where they want to sell skim milk and, uh, you know, the technical USDA definition of skim milk uh, has to include adding in vitamin D and vitamin A. And I guess skim milk just means literally, you know, skimmed milk, you know, back in the olden days, with, you know, and, and they can't sell it legally what they, you know, sell a skim milk. They supposedly legally can't sell it. So they're they're going to court for just that. So very very odd stuff. Uh, yeah. Because they they have to by law add vitamins to it or Yeah, they have to that, add vitamin D and vitamin D and vitamin A to it in order for it to actually be considered skin milk. So and they don't want to do that. They just wanna, you know, sell just skim milk. So very, very odd. And and I don't know if that's a a way to, you know, get in and monkey with the uh, definitions while you're in there, you know, but uh, so. Oh, yeah, they're so heavily manipulated, the whole food industry. It's just incredibly manipulated. All of that stuff is just arbitrary nonsense that they, yeah, tack on to make, uh, yeah, farmers jump through all kinds of hoops and have all this all this uh, red tape and nonsense. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of farms that sell it, but they're kind of few and far between. No, yeah, it's just arbitrary, contradictory, and just absurd. Mm-hmm. But that's well, What do you our... like about the... Uh, what do you like about the raw milk? What would you describe it as? How, how would you describe drinking it? I uh I notice myself personally when I after I drink it I feel just in a good mood. I mean it just kind of it I feel like uh, I have good energy. It's good uh it's just I I don't know, that's what I experience and it's like nothing nothing else quite like that. And the same way with uh eating eating raw meat. And uh, especially with raw, like organ meats and stuff like that, um, it, it it really boosts my overall mood and the way I feel. And um, that's what's kind of kept me motivated to stay on it. Because, um, yeah, I've related before how I really didn't like the taste of, you know, straight up raw liver initially. But then, okay, I was trying it. I was trying it along with other stuff. And I was like, wow, this is like really noticeable improvement in just the way I feel overall. I mean, there's just no denying it. And that's what's kept me going on it. And uh, I'm kind of, I've been down here. I mean, at the ranch, so I'm kind of unfamiliar with what's available where. So and there's no raw milk around here. But, uh, I'm, you know, I'm going to have to go to the grocery store, maybe get like steak and stuff like that or something to eat raw and just manage what I can. But yeah, it's just, I'm really bummed about not being able to get any raw milk or anything. <laughs> Deep in South Texas, it's just, ah. but you know, it's not, it's just not in demand, which is pretty crazy because I'm sure, you know, you go back 
50, 75 years even, and it was just commonplace because that was just milk, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I talked to my uncle about it over the weekend, and he said, you know, they, they had a cow, and, you know, you'd, you'd go out and milk the cow, and that was milk. And uh, he, he said he worked yeah. on the farm not too long ago, and, you know, someone actually gave him some raw milk, and he said it didn't taste like what he remembered it tasted like. And, and my mom actually said that the, the cow would eat uh, wild garlic, and it would it would flavor the milk. Or the the cow would get into onions, and you'd be able to taste the onion or the garlic in the milk. So. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that. So if you get that, if you if you get one, keep them away good. from onion and garlic. So. Yeah, unless you, well, if you like the taste of garlic, maybe it wouldn't be so bad. <laughs> I I I wouldn't mind it. Uh, well, I don't know. I take that back because. I actually ate a wild onion, or I didn't eat the whole thing. I just took a bite out of it. It was in the ground. I was helping dig a ditch here, and it tasted really, I didn't like it. It was really um, strong tasting, kind of bitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I imagine if a cow ate it, it would maybe make the milk taste funny. Yeah, I feel especially like wild garlic, yeah, wild onions. <laughs> did did you develop a taste for the liver? Did did that is that something? Because I I can't eat it. You know I've never been able to eat liver. Yeah, I did. I mean, I just I, I'm now I can just yeah I can just muck it down. I have no problem with it. So it just kind of I had to kind of push past my uh, you know initial squeamishness around it, but. I'm not very squeamish to begin with, so mm-hmm. I kind of, I mean, you know, as far as, like, yeah, stuff doesn't really, bother, like, the appearance of it doesn't bother me. I mean, it doesn't, and the texture really doesn't bother me. It's just something that I get, yeah, I just kind of just got used to it, and um, now I look forward to eating it. I mean, just, I mean, I don't eat it all the time, but um, it's, you know, I, if I'm feeling kind of, um, you know, dragging around or something, and I was kind of like, "Yeah, I need to get some liver or something good to eat that's like actually got plenty of nutrition in it, so I'm not just depleted." You know, mm-hmm. that's that's the way I kind of, and I've heard some some people, uh, somebody was uh, watching on YouTube, and the guy was saying, "Yeah, I I, I sort of." it changed my mentality where I eat with a purpose. I, I eat, I have this, you know, goal in mind, which is to feel great, you know? So mm-hmm. it's kind of like, instead of kind of having just food solely as, well, you know, you have to eat and then it, all the trappings that go with it, you know, like, Oh yeah, mm-hmm. cooking it, preparing it, doing this and that and the other. And, um, which not to say you can't prepare, you know, raw dishes or, or or what have you, but it's just kind of more focused in on, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not so concerned that it, you know, has this elegant presentation and <laughs> all that, you know, it's, it's just, yeah, just eating something to live, you know, just like, you know, hunter gathers, they would eat, 
organ meats and all of that. And they, you know, they didn't put them on a fire and spice them up and all that. Or that, you know, some cultures don't at all. They, they prefer eating meat raw and always have, and, and they develop a taste for it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of been driven out of us. Like, you know, like when I started eating it, you know, I just develop a taste for it and it's pretty much what happens. Like, uh, uh, yeah, now I, now I don't, uh, recoil when I eat it or anything. Like before it was kind of like, yeah, wow, this is really strong. And, and there's another aspect of it too, which, uh, sea ridge there goes into is that you can let meat sit and it will mm-hmm. ferment and it certain meat and stuff when you do that it really smells not pleasant to the you know our i think the average you know person's sensibility as far as being not not used to that sort of thing but mm-hmm. um yeah i i i've tried it and i uh I'll just say, yeah, I, I agree with him as far as like that being, um, high meat is what they call it. So you get, you get this, uh, feeling of well being like you after you eat it. It's not like smoking a joint or anything like that. It's mm-hmm. just like you feel really good. And, uh, I, that's, probably sounds just crazy talk to a lot of people out there but it's it's just you know it's just a fact for myself and of course there's the issue of how can you eat something that's fermented or also i mean how do people how do they how do people eat you know fermented beans how do people eat kimchi how do people eat um you know, yogurt is bacteria cultures. I mean, cheese is bacteria cultures. It's just bacteria is everywhere, man. It's it's just we just have this certain fear when it comes to meat or eggs or you know dairy, and that's that's all just driven into us through this these industries, for one thing, and the government, and yeah, it's if you want to kind of put it in a wider context to think about, you know, years ago, there wasn't refrigeration, man. There wasn't any of that stuff. It's like, what, what did they do? It's like, did they have to kill something and eat eat it the, that day? Like, no, there there wasn't people doing that. They would, they would save and store it. Well, what happened to it? Well, bacteria got on it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, did it kill them when they ate it? It's like, well, obviously not, or nobody would be here now. It just doesn't make sense that nature would be set up that way. It just doesn't to me. I mean, it, you know, you have your, your intestines and everything is, you know, full of bacteria. I know that sounds scary to some people, but it's just a fact. And the bacteria that grows on the food is bacteria, you know? I mean, I remember my dad telling me when he was a kid that they would dig a hole and, and get a, a block of ice and put the ice in the hole. And, uh, you know, they, they'd store stuff that way in the, the summer uh, that had to be kept cold. 
And uh, I remember my mom telling me that when she was a kid that they would take apples when apples were in season and wrap them in newspaper and put them uh, under the house and store them that way. And, you know, I guess stuff kept well well past what we would consider being fresh these days, you know, the grocery store fresh, and people ate it, and we're fine. So, oh, well, know. yeah. So, yeah, that, so even with them practices, you wouldn't have anything like the kind of level of sanitation that you would have in a yeah grocery store where it's just like, um, yeah, red alert on anything that might have bacteria in it. And, um, yeah, I'm not saying that salmonella won't make people sick. I'm not saying that or or whatever kind of grows on meat. But from what I understand, it's like when meat goes through certain processing and all that uh, or meat is cooked, that um, it, it changes the chemical composition. And if it had been allowed to be sitting and there was like a lot of bacteria on it and then you go forward to cook it it that's what makes you sick is that cooking of it or something i'm not sure man so i'm not like trying to be an authority on this but uh yeah i mean it's of course that's it sounds totally crazy because we're so conditioned to be so afraid of uh meat or contaminated meat i mean you know contaminated meat or contaminated food and uh yeah i've gotten i've gotten botulism before and that's no good and that's you know got pretty sick from it it was yeah. at, at a grocery store i got a package of tuna and got really sick and wow. that's yeah it's just really i was had it coming out of both ends simultaneously that's like projectile really vomiting good. and projectile diarrhea yeah that's and not good no Especially I was out probably, in the woods at the time, so uh, kind of uh, a challenging situation. But probably whatever is in there that made you sick, keep it in a can to, you know, feed on itself probably I, is the problem. Yeah, you I know. think maybe that, uh, you know, you have it, it's in, it's in a can or it's in a, and then the bacteria grows and expands and then the bacteria uh puts out its waste product and then it just you're just hit with it and then again too it's like okay so we, if i were to maybe eat that tuna now or something like that after having done this what i'm doing would it make me sick and I, i'm thinking oh probably not because mm-hmm. like some some people of course are a lot more susceptible to food poisoning than other people i've heard People say, yeah, I've gotten food poisoning multiple times. It's like, wow, interesting because I've, 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 I can recall maybe one or two answers in my life where I had food poisoning. And so obviously some people are more susceptible than others, but I think that has to do with the bacteria that's in your gut to begin with, which you can alter and change according to what you can eat, what you eat. And again, you know, like what it, what did primitive people do? What did the settlers do? Stuff like that. They were probably eating a lot of tainted meat, not dying from it, not necessarily getting sick from it. I mean, yeah, you had to. I mean, but uh, I, it, I think uh, people are, I think folks are in a 
baseline of constantly being irritated anyway. So there's everyone's stomachs eating modern diets are messed up anyway. So uh, to throw something else in on top of it just makes it worse. So I, I think it's easy. Yeah, I think it. I think a lot of um, diseases that affect people are from them being depleted or uh, just kind of low immune system. I mean, compromised immune system, everything to begin with. And then they go into uh, coming in contact with something like it could be anything. It could be chemical or or bacterial or pathogen or something. And then they they have no... Uh, defense against it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that's part of being domesticated. That's part of being in civilization. That's one one thing that's going to this, and I've read this elsewhere too. Is that yeah, or you know, if you're going to go check out Weston A. Price's material that's available online, it's like the people who who live hunter-gatherer lifestyles, they, they didn't uh, have cancer and mental illness and all of that. It, it just wasn't found among them. Yeah, they weren't going around diabetics and shit. It's just, they just, they were pretty much, from all accounts, disease-free. And then this book, too, is saying the same thing. Like, uh, going back into these archives of when, or you know, not that long ago, there's been fairly pristine as far as like cultures, you know, to to, to not be uh, exposed to civilization at all, and then been being studied. It's like oh, their teeth, they don't have cavities. They don't really know what cavities are. They don't have all these different ailments. They don't have bad eyesight. Mm-hmm. And so that that's telling me that yeah that whatever I can do to approximate <clears throat> that kind of diet is what I want to do to the best of my ability. Of course, in the modern day, it's difficult. Yeah, I mean that's uh, yeah the 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 trade off obviously is you know. You have McDonald's and you know get fat and die early. You know it's it's not doesn't make any logical. Oh yeah, sense. and all this stuff is well understood. What it does, I mean, it's not it's not any secret that that you know that type of food and what it does. I mean, I, uh, not what to it mention does to what it does as far as uh, not to mention what it does mentally, and you know the. What it oh, yeah. uh, what it all leads to, you know. So, um, I mean, from what you read early on about you know basically linking civilization to agriculture or religion, it's it's all right there, you know. So, and you know, John's talked about this idea of these natural urges being sort of subverted into other things, you know. So if you're if you're going to take the the natural processes of, of food and subvert them and and whatever this is, uh, just all the other processes and urges and things that whatever being human is get subverted as well into something else. Oh, so, definitely. 
Uh, I, I believe so. Yeah, because this is a totally artificial construct we live in as far as this thing called civilization. I mean, everything is artificial. It's, it's, it's all, you know, manufactured stuff. It's just, manu- the culture is manufactured. It's, you know, the the, the whole uh, thing, you know, it's just institutions and all of that. And it's just not a, an environment that's conducive to to humans. It's just not. It's just not. I, I just don't believe that it's possible to have uh, be a fully realized human being, having been you know born and raised in a thing called civilization. Uh, yeah. I think that uh, we're all depleted to some degree or another. Well, we're all in some weird cargo cult of, of civilization. We've seen something and we emulate it, and we have no idea what it, what we originally saw in the first place. I think is probably a way yeah, to describe it. Put, yeah. So I, yeah, it, I think so. You get further out and you see the the insanity every day of what people do, and you kind of try to you know piece it together what they're really trying to do. You know, and and every year it gets weirder and weirder and wackier and wackier. You know, but you know these things you see on TV that people do, and you try to you know go backwards and figure out what what's the urge there, or what's the uh, what's the urge that's being exploited. You know, either through product or a, a cultural engineer trying to do something. What what is that? You know, it's it's pretty crazy. So. But, you know, it's hard to figure that out until you're older and, you know, you've already been knee-deep in it for 30 or 40 years. So no, nobody can really make a choice to exit it easily. So. Oh, I know. I was, you know, I want to read stuff like this or I get to think about stuff like this. I'm thinking, too, it's like, wow, where could I go to live that would be more of a primitive society? It's like... uh is there anything left? Is it all gone? I don't know what would happen. Like what would, uh, you know, was it possible to find some place that would be um, more like a real natural society that doesn't have all this nonsense and drives you crazy? Just, I mean... Just going, just being all here on the ranch is real nice, and it's nature, you know, it's a lot of trees, and, you know, but there's, of course, there's a road over here, and uh, I was walking up to the little store here on the, uh, you know, a couple of miles down the road, and uh, it was just, uh, you know, I was just struck by how just the whole, you know, nature, and this, you know, beautiful, it's like hill country of Texas, and it's really nice, and, um just just the road and the just all the cars on it and it's it's just you know every car driving by is some are very loud and you got motorcycles and very loud and you got every third or fourth vehicle's got a stereo blaring full blast and (laughs) it's just just this freaking racket man just going on just just non-stop and this was like on his last saturday and it was just this is continual just racket you know just non-stop 
you know, and so here's this swath that's cut through the trees and cut through the fields and, and then it paved. And then you have these noisy racket making machines running people inside of them, running up and down this thing called the road just all damn day long. And it's like, yeah, this is just pure fucking insanity. It's really is. And it's like, what, what are we doing? You know, it's like, what? So I was always taking a drive out in the countryside enjoying. It's like, oh man. Yeah. But it's really a, quite the contrivance you got there to engage in all this. And it's, yeah. Yeah. So I got my job and I work 40 hours a week and then, Oh, I can afford my nice car. And then I can go out on, you know, maybe one day, well, maybe not this week cause I got to work this weekend, but, Maybe next week I can go out and enjoy a little bit of the countryside riding out on this road and I'll turn on some uh, Bob Seger at full blast and driving <laughs> so I won't hear any bird noises or anything for sure. But it's or the, or this, really this managed, bizarre. Or you, you go out to this managed countryside that's, uh, you know, like a tourist trap where, you know, everybody... You know, everybody and their brother comes out on the weekend to, you know, bring a canoe out and invade the place, you know, and and people come from far and wide. It it just, it really spoils it, you know, and I mean, I, friends of mine that that live in cities, I don't don't understand how they can kind of look at it and think it's natural, that, that they... They just look at a you know a high rise apartment building and go yeah that belongs there, that makes perfect sense you know. It's it's one thing to look at a road that maybe's been there for you know, a hundred years and accept it, but it's another to look at you know the, something like a city and go wow this this seems like a pretty pretty reasonable thing to have sprouted up here you know, so. Doesn't make much sense. Oh, I know. And this and cities are just, um, yeah, just noisy, stink. The fumes, the pollution, the cars, the noise—it's just all pollute, polluted, just like a bowl of pollution mm-hmm. that people kind of swim around in. And then you got to take a crap or. or you got to go to some elaborate contraption, plumbing, underground plumbing, and then a sewer system. And then you got people employed full time to work just on the sewer systems. Like you got people that, that have jobs just designing sewer systems. And then it's just shit on the damn ground, covered up with a rock works every time. But no, it, it, you can't do that anymore because it's, it's, civilization and it's like the further it goes the more yeah like you're saying the more create the crazier it gets and now we're kind of in this computer age where it's just getting just plain silly yeah it's 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 definitely uh science fiction at this point you know we're 20 years ago, you would have been laughed at for some of the stuff that we're seeing right now. So it's, it's definitely not encouraging. So, and and I'm not sure about, you know, going off grid, if that's somehow, you know, viable for most people and 
um, if it's even a solution, because you kind of have to deal with what you got, unfortunately, you know? So. Oh, definitely, yeah. I mean, I cut my electricity off. I literally cut the cable. I just cut it. So I, mm-hmm. I knew I'd turn it back on if I didn't cut the cable. So I cut it, and my electricity's off. And um, I understand a lot of people couldn't do that. I mean, I'm kind of in a unique situation that way where I can do something like that just kind of as an experiment or not necessarily an experiment. I mean, I knew mm-hmm. that it would have beneficial results. And, uh, yeah, I did. I mean, I have to get out of the house. I don't have entertainment in the house. Uh, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's just quiet and it's quiet around there and, um, keep yourself busy by what you need to do. And as far as like sustaining yourself and it's just kind of, uh, and then after a while, it just seems like things kind of slow down you get your mind quiet, you get, you know, the sun starts going down and you get tired, the sun comes up and you wake up, you don't need alarm clock, you don't need any of that. It's just simpler, everything kind of goes back, and then I can just feel it in my whole body and everything where it's just like, yeah, just a more total, more relaxed state, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't get this agitated sense of agitation stuff and um and then on top of that you know i'm eating uh, you know which i what i believe is more nutritious you know food it's easier digested and um yeah it's it's a world of difference between that and um going the regular regular route yeah, it's uh, civilization. You, you remove all these annoyances and you know uh, things to pop your dopamine levels up and create all these uh, reactions and and things get a lot easier. So I, I don't think I could do it yet, but it certainly is something I I would respect anybody for doing. So I'm glad you've done it. So how My can brother, we make What's that again? My brother's kind of cut himself off on some of that stuff. I, I don't think he, he, he's, you know, he's still eating, you know, junk and, but out of his own necessity, he's pared down his life quite a bit. And, uh, you know, it, it seems hard at first, but you get used to it, you know? So that's, that's how people are, you know? Oh yeah. You adjust and you'll adapt. And well, I knew I would, and it's kind of like, yeah, I, I, I kind of been in the same routine for about eight years and I felt like it was time to do something else and I needed to do something drastic. And, uh, and I was also partially manic at the time, which was kind of like a whole nother subject, but, um, all right whatever that means, but that it, uh, yeah, I felt like I needed to do that. And, and I, I've been reaping benefits from it. It's just, man, it's just like, I, I, I know that 
when I was in the working world and I was, you know, doing the regular job thing and going back and forth to work. And even at one point I was, uh, just through one phase of going through this, um, with, you know, getting diagnosed bipolar and all that. I kind of went through multiple jobs. So I had to relocate and do all that. And I was living in an apartment and there was like nothing around except for, like a target shopping center and some, some relatively new kind of development that was kind of just all urban sprawl and uh, concrete and stucco. And it was just miserable. I just absolutely was miserable. And and that was kind of like uh, several months before I ended up uh, losing that particular job because I just could not, uh, endured anymore being on medications and, uh, the medications were messing with me. I was like, uh, getting pretty pronounced side effects. I got to the point where my hands, I had these like kind of micro tremors and my hands, uh, just my hands would sometimes even just shake. And I was on these, this medication and I went to the doctor and he prescribed me another medication that would take care of, yeah, you're having these kind of nerve, the, the, effect, the medication is affecting your nervous system, so you need to take this other medication that will help, I guess, dampen my, I don't know what the hell it was supposed to do. But I That's was ridiculous. like, you've got to be kidding me, dude. Yeah, I was, yeah. Uh, I was already kind of resolved to, to go off all the meds at, before I even went in there, but I just needed something to kind of get me over the hump there where it was like, damn, I can't even, this is not even working at all. And I was kind of at a point where it was like, I just didn't know what I was going to do. So I said, yeah, well, I need to go to the doctor. Meanwhile, you're, you're the one that's supposed to be mentally ill and they're coming up with this stuff, you know? I know at I a certain guess. point you get you get these you get this you get this absolutely absurd uh, situation in front of you one after the other and then it's like yeah so it really you know took a while for it to, to just sink in that this is just fucking nonsense man you know this is just absolutely just this is not the way life is supposed to be. Uh, at all and uh oh it was just it was just really just a nightmare and um that in but you know family and people it's like say well yeah i'm just move down to grand prairie there take this job which is down you know dallas fort worth And it was kind of like nobody questioned it. Like, ah, yeah, I mean, you think you can handle that, or can you do that, or is it gonna be okay? It's kind of like, well, you know, you gotta work and you gotta have a job, and so it's like I had to take a job where I can get a job, and uh, it was just kind of. But then it was like, wow, I just kind of ended up in this like really dismal situation, and moving in a new city and then going through the drug with issues and trying to adjust and being really isolated and it was just terrible and i said well now i look back on now it's like oh this is normal in civilization 
to be totally <laughs> yeah, isolated and be one. drugged and yeah, you're, no, you're, I'm definitely not the only one. Every morning <laughs> at seven thirty, you were, you know, you had people surrounding you at the stoplight that were in the same boat. But the difference is, is that some of those people have the resources to be able to make that ch- the choice, and they still stay in it. You know, you you, you oh, got definitely. out. Of yeah, there's <clears throat> there's plenty of people with the resources. They I mean even people that may not be, you know, wealthy by so-called Western standards, they still could manage something. And it may be like a really simple life somewhere that would be, you know, not not have a lot of uh, frills, obviously, but uh, it could, could manage. Yeah, but they won't. I mean, because we don't know. Excuse me. Oh. We we don't know any better, you know. We don't. We've been been brought up in this uh, artificial construct here, and we 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 can't. It's like yeah, like the fish in water, and have no conception and concept can't can't even conceptualize of anything beyond this, because this is just the way it is, and this is you know everybody just accepts it on its face. Mm-hmm. I don't hear a whole, I've never heard throughout my life many people ever question the whole notion of uh you know so called civilization or you know living in this particular way. This is just really um yeah, just da- just people just it's, it's damaged people all around all around, you know, they're just going through the same thing too, yeah, and having different ways to cope and deal with it. You know, a lot I mean, of people kind of self-medicate. I mean, imagine some middle manager coming into the sales meeting on Monday and going, you know what, guys, let's let's talk about civilization, whether this is all just a construct before we go out and sell some Chevrolets today. You know, it's, it's just not even going to yeah. occur to them, you know. It never will, unfortunately. Um, and if, if it does, it oh, manifests they... so deep inside of them that it just drives them crazy rather than, than being able to articulate it and understand what they're they're going through. So it's it's tough. So, yeah, it's really difficult for me to even articulate, even though I've been <laughs> spent a lot of thought on it and time and reading on it, it's still difficult to articulate. Like, um, because it's so taken for granted that this is prog, this is the way, uh, humankind has pro made progress throughout history. And this rep, this state of affairs that we're in right now represents the fruit of our forefathers labor. And right. we're moving towards this, you know, utopic technology, tech, technology. Tech, technological utopia of some sort and it's kind of always right around the corner um or then you know maybe that's not such a uh something that's so heavily promoted much anymore it's like everything that comes out of um hollywood seems to be dystopian not not utopian um which is that's another thing that's like why is that 
Yeah, that's a good question. It's, uh, you know, why that's probably in the past 25 years, maybe even 15 years has been the the turn, you know. So, but, you know, I guess I guess when they were building the pyramids, they, they thought the same thing, you know. This is the pinnacle and the peak, and, you know, if I just, uh, if I work hard at building this pyramid, maybe one day I can get my own pyramid, you know. So... <laughs> Yeah, I could, or if the pyramid was a tomb, that'd be pretty fitting. Yeah, I could That's, work hard enough. I'll have this fancy tomb when I die. It's like, yeah, it's kind of like what we do in civilization, like some kind of future thing down the road. Like, yeah, if we work, we'll have this like retirement, and then we'll get to enjoy some outdoor activities and maybe uh, get a fly <coughs> fly fishing rig and go to the river and I'll have more time to do that. That'll be great when I finally get to do that when I'm, you know, 65 or whatever it happens to be. And then yeah. it's like, well, yeah, at that point in your life, you're pretty beaten down after working a 40 hour, 50 hour, 60 hour work week or even more in some cases. And it's like, Oh, I got retirement. It's like, so you're just about <laughs> one foot in the grave. It's like, you can get that, yeah, it's just that incredible, knee, man. Get a knee replacement and a new Corvette, you know, to go with it. So. Oh um, yeah. Or, or if you're not so well off, maybe you have to choose between a knee replacement and a Corvette. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. Uh, or, or get a cane and a Chevette, maybe for the rest of us. So. <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah, I don't know, man. It just seems like, to me, more more people should be just rejecting, you know. But they, but that is, but that's true. I mean, but people do reject living the way they live. It only comes out and it's expressed in different ways. Like a lot of it's just expressed, and then it's you know, categorized as mentally ill, or you're categorized, you you get some diagnosis, or or it's like stress, or oh you oh you can't handle stress well, or something like that. And it's always the the problem is with you, mm-hmm. which is what they'll say, uh, or it's definitely implied or inferred. And nothing, nothing is ever pointed out about, well, how, how about the conditions and the situation that I'm in day after day after day? Does that have anything to do with this? It's like, no, no it's never even brought up. Well, it's like, shut this up, is slave, a build shitty way to live. Yeah, right. Pick up the bricks. Well, we can help you, know. you get back to work. We just get, got to get you the right formula we got to get you on the right meds or maybe you need to go on a plant-based diet or yeah, you, you ask, just you ask some other absurdity or yeah, you're asking way too many ask too many questions you're asking maybe way too many you just questions need to stop. To be the guy that that brings the bricks for the pyramid you know so it's uh, you know that's <laughs> i don't think it's anything new and and i think they figure out if if they know something's coming as far as, you know, people 
needing outlets for the insanity of this, they come up with something like Burning Man or, you know, increased recreation to try to burn some of that stuff off, you know, to, to give it a, you know, a, a conduit, you know, to keep you from actually organizing something on your own or coming up with your own solution. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's another good point. This is how... Yeah, they could take something like that and represent it as something like uh, that would resemble sort of anti-civilization or something to that effect. But yeah, just turn it into another carnival or something to go to and uh, where it's just kind of like you can have this idea of it Mm -hmm. and this representation of it, but then it's just some other, it's just another commodified experience where you're just uh, you know go to like Disneyland some people like really like going to Disneyland there's sure. really no major difference between Burning Man and Disneyland it's just I, it's just a different aesthetic it's just the same general thing I've been thinking about that idea of the, the carnival atmosphere of all of it anyway that you know um, like the, the gun control debate you know this idea that I think in 20 years you're going to be able to just pay your money and go shoot an AK-47 in a controlled environment. You know, you won't be able to ever own one, but you'll be able to go to some place and you know go rock climbing and then shoot an AK-47 and you know and drive race cars really fast and all kinds of stuff that you know people would love to do now privately, but they'll they'll just commodify it and turn it into you know. A carnival ride, you know. And, yeah, the same yeah, experience. Or no, you'll you'll put on your virtual reality headset and go shoot yeah. your AK forty seven there, where it's nice and safe in the digital bits and bytes realm. Well, then you uh, can. Uh, well, they already have that the role playing games, the first person shooters, and all that, of course. But yeah, that that'll be all that will be remaining of any idea of like guns it'll be or you have to yeah you have to experience virtually or you can or yeah maybe go to a, a controlled uh some kind of a controlled environment where no possibility of a uh, yeah taking it shooting your own foot off with it or anything uh yeah, oh. yeah i don't know it's just yeah, it, it, the gun control debate, though, yeah, it's just total nonsense. It it came yeah. up in a conversation here on the ranch with a gentleman that's from England. And uh, so he was asking me the question of what, like, if, if I was president, like, what would I, you know, permit people who you know, are mentally ill or, or, or like what kind of, what kind of restrictions would I put on the second amendment, second amendment? And I was like, well, for one thing, I don't believe in the constitution. It's paper. Uh, but that's okay. So let's, but let's, let me entertain your hypothetical. Like, well, I would put the same, would be the same restrictions that should be required on gasoline. You know, I've said that before. And like, I, I don't know why, people have such a hard time making the connection because, you know, because is it just that those two material things are so 
different from each other that you can't draw the uh, comparison there. But no, it's, it's the point is, is like you have something, no matter what it is, and just in this case, is you know using gasoline, and I think it's a good it's a good um, thing to point out because it's so easily accessible it's just ridiculous anybody can get gasoline it's just everywhere you go siphon out of a car if you need to get some uh to go you know burn your school down or whatever you want to do if you have that malicious intent of some sort you have gasoline readily available to you to go do some damage i mean there's how many cases has there been of like structures burning down with people inside and you know, hundreds of people being killed, you know, well, an arsonist can do that. And it's, it's like, why doesn't anybody talk about arson and the dangers of arson and, uh, the deaths that happen from arson every year, pretty high numbers, by the way, it's, it, and, you know, keeping gasoline out of the wrong hands because it's just too impractical. Right. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Why? It's like, well, then why so much focus on guns? I mean, it's 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 an animate object, and pe- yeah, people get killed, and they get in the wrong hands, and yeah, sure, people are going to get hurt, people are going to die. A knife gets in the wrong hands, yeah, people get hurt. Wrong, you know, it's just it's all the same thing. It's just it's just a different. Um, it, it, the issue is totally clouded with this idea, this focus on this one particular material object. But it's like, yeah, when you really stop to think about it, it's just total nonsense. It, it really is. I, I mean, yeah, well, why would I re- if if I was predator such a thing, like some dic- magical dictatorial ruler or something? What, like what, like, and I had to, you know, work within the confines of okay, what what I'm going to do? How am I going to apply the con- you know, constitution? It's like, well, yeah, I would have, yeah, like I said, like, what do do you want to restrict guns? I said, okay, let's let's do that. And the next thing is like, that's what you know, we take a poll, and that's what people want. And it's like, okay, we'll do that. And then the next thing, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna put armed guards on every gas pump in the country, and I'll sign that into law, and we'll go from there. And everything that's dangerous, we'll just then just put it on lockdown. We'll see how long our society lasts we'll, we'll we'll all it'll all crumble in about two months because well, you can't look, you can't carry that logic consistently you just can't then you'll look down at your uh your golf club while you're down there on the golf course and imagine that hitting the skull of someone and how dangerous that would be so you might as well just ban golf clubs too chris I will do that next. That's next on my agenda. Matter of fact, and then then, tomorrow morning when I have coffee, I want to sign the legislation putting uh, waiting periods on golf clubs and background checks. And and the golf carts too. I mean, you could run those into a crowd of people (coughs) about eight miles an hour. And I mean, you know, it's Um, you could lift one on a crane and drop it on somebody's head. That's true. That would kill them effectively. There's probably a way to rig the battery to blow up somehow too, you know. So, I mean, that's they're just death traps. You know, obviously, we have to do something about all that. 
So I I think there's Yeah, because a, a the life. issue being I mean if you strip away the whole you know, the gun apparatus or what it, this this particular material object in question and you're just looking yeah, just simply looking at it from you just you you take in the you're taking this idea, this concept or this gun control idea and just breaking it down to its its central components like okay you have this you have an object that has the potential to do harm to a large number of people or to property uh, on a pretty large scale it has that potential definitely gasoline no doubt does um and so does a gun and so do some other things like a you know a, a, a cement truck driven by a madman into a uh, school building uh, full of kids. I mean, uh, the potential is there. That Could could that happen? Of course it could. What are we going to do to prevent it? Um, you, you can't do anything to prevent it. If it's somebody's intent on doing that and they succeed in doing it, they can do it. Um, the idea that you can have uh, some kind a situation where we're in civilization. We have you know, we have access to all these good goods or whatever you want to call them, and then have. But within this, we're gonna like start implementing or consistently apply the idea that we need to keep the wrong things out of the wrong hands. It's just absurd. It's just at its essence, at its core, it's absurd. And if I, people I, think that I'm talking stupid, the only reason why they believe guns are so dangerous is because they've been told that. Statistically, your likelihood of getting shot and dying is not very high. It's just not. Right. Well, I think the, the obvious thing is that you've got two opposing cultures created there that you, you know, you have a whole gun culture that's just snowballed in the past probably 40 or 50 years, you know, where it's just bigger and bigger and bigger. And then a, a, an opposing anti-gun culture that, that that's created too. So, I mean, you know, the, the guns aren't going to go away. You know, there's, they keep getting more and more gun products, just like everything else out there. There's more gadgets and products out there for, for anything you're into. If you're into, you know, snowboard skis and cars and anything. There's there's a million things you can buy on Amazon for it, and guns are the same way, you know. So um, I, I think uh, I think they'll just, you know, keep ramping it up more and more and more, you know. So until you know, again, like you'll you'll be able to go to the the shooting range and shoot off a couple bazookas, <laughs> you know, and. Uh, you know, like you said, it's you're not going to get shot going out in the street. It's just crazy. So, not not because the ubiquity of guns is that that has nothing to do with whether or not you know I, I were to get shot or not. It sure. would have somebody would have to pick pick that thing up and point it at me and shoot it. Or accidentally shoot me, or something. Uh, well, for a lot that, of that to occur. A lot of that indicates people's lack of faith in other people. You know, so it's 
it's how much you fear other people. It's every time there's one of these shooting events, yeah. and and they they defy any sort of reasonable idea, you know, either because it's cartoon physics or the Terminator. Well, people, I, I just find it hard to believe that there's somebody that says, you know what, I'm going to go and shoot, I don't know, 150 people today. That there's anybody out there that's like that. You know, I, I just, I don't believe it. You know, I, I don't think, I don't think anybody can work themselves up to that point, you know, to go shoot up a, a, a McDonald's or a school or a, you know, a concert or something. I think it's, it's got to be a rare occurrence, you know, to, to get to that level. So, uh, you know, I think people that, that believe a lot of these stories or think it's going to happen have a pretty low opinion of other people, you know, so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't, I, yeah, I really don't believe either that it, well, I believe that a lot of, you know, lot or all or most of these definitely is high profile shootings are staged sure. and they're fake or they're, you know, they're, um, yeah, the idea that somebody is going to go shoot 100, 150 people, try to kill, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I don't, I don't, like, and then not have any benefit in them for them to do it. I mean, and not have any, anything personal against the people that they're shooting other than they want to shoot and kill a bunch of people. And, and if you take murder, uh, statistics and all that, or just, you know, pick up your paper and go and, you know, read about any murders that occur in a particular city. It's always a personal thing, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, why don't, why isn't, why isn't it common? Why is it not common then to have a person that's like, Hey, you know what? I got a gun. That guy standing over there underneath that uh, street lamp. I'm just going to shoot and kill him just yeah. for the fuck of it because I have a gun. Well, and then well, it turns out, it's like, well, why did you shoot the guy? Well, so I just, I don't know. I just went crazy and shot gun. him, you know. I had the gun it's it's like me shoot. But no, that never happens. You, know, you don't ever hear about it or just somebody what? just shoots and kills one other person for no reason other than they were pissed off at work. Well, I just, I, I shot the guy working the hot dogs, hot, hot dog stand. Well, why? Because, oh, because I just, you know, I'm just, you know, sick of life or tired of it all or just snapped play too or many whatever. Video games or... Just play too many video games. But it's yeah. like, no, they'll go out and shoot a bunch of people and it's either you shoot a bunch of people or any other murder or anything it would have to either be a domestic violence or a drug related gang related thing. But as far as like crazy people go that will shoot and kill another person randomly, they only do multiple people, never just one person. Now I say never, maybe there's recorded cases of that. But I, I would, I would venture to guess that that those are very rare. Not only that, but they, they've just seemed to pop up, you know, in the past, you know, since maybe 2008 or so. 
you know, like they, they just came out yeah, of the woodwork yeah. and found all the guns all of a sudden. So, you know, it, yeah. it just, it makes sense. Of course, that no was sense. No, it doesn't make any sense at all. It, you know, you, you'd have to have some profound societal change to happen within like what it generate or something like that. It's just not, that's just not even remotely plausible. I, I don't yeah, know I mean, why more people don't just doubt it on those grounds alone. Yeah, you'd, you'd have to have uh, AK-47s and vending machines, and you know, uh, it just it it, it, I, it I, just I, makes no sense. Yeah, you could have AK, you can have AK-7, AK-47s, um, as as commonplace as Coke machines, and have them the price of a Coke. Like, I'll, I'll get an AK-47 for dollar fifty, And have them, yeah, anywhere that you have a Coke machine. And still, they would you wouldn't have the mass shootings. I, I don't believe you would. I really don't. Well, I think that, uh, I, I, don't, I think I it don't would be like that. you said, I think like you said before, that, you know, it would be over disagreements and domestic violence. So, if if you did have AK-47s on every street corner, you know, uh, I'd shoot you because you owe me 20 bucks, but I wouldn't necessarily go shoot up the post office because you owed me 20 bucks. You know, it it wouldn't... Yeah, you're going to get mad change. at me for owing you 20 bucks and go kill or kill the postman when he's, like, delivering your mail. Like, you're waiting there right. by the mail slot at the door, and when he puts the mail through, you just fire some rounds to the door and just kill the mail yeah. because I owed you 20 bucks. That just doesn't well, make any sense. You say, "Oh well, you know, you were, you were, Doctor Mindbender was off his meds." And it's, yeah. You know, it's like, well, still, it's like that doesn't. You don't hear about that happening, you know. But and and oh, write, yeah, a, you, write you, a manifesto you to too. Stadium. I'd have to write a manifesto first too, you know, about how you owed me twenty bucks, and you know, obviously, it's it's yeah. this, that, and the other, so. And, uh, you know, come up with a couple Facebook posts to point back to maybe I got somehow radicalized or something along the way. So it's... it's yeah, but somehow cool. this mass shooting thing is some kind of like a phenomenon. Like, like of course, like, yeah, the first mass shooting wasn't, wasn't in 2008, but it certainly got ramped way up after that point. Well, just, just kind well, of, just suddenly, really suddenly. They're taking advantage of people's instincts because normal people can look out there and go, "Well, this shit's crazy," meaning this shit, the, the entire world, you know, and and they go, "Well, the, the the entire world's fucked up. It's crazy out there," and then you know, to prove the point, they have people going out and shooting up McDonald's or something, you know, and they go, "Oh, well, that must be why I think the world's crazy because it's it is. It's not because you know." I'm going to work every morning and paying taxes and, you know, just everything else that, that actually is crazy in the world, you know? So it yeah, really that's is a good take. point. It's almost like a, it's like a, to divert away from, and, and then focus in on these like events or these manufactured events and say that, uh, these are, um, this is this is what defines crazy, or this is how crazy is defined. But uh, yeah, when in actuality, it's like our whole 
our our whole modus operandi is completely fucked. Yeah, you wake you up know. on Monday morning with a nagging feeling that something's not right in the world, and then by Wednesday, you know, some place has been shot up. You go, well, that must be it, you know. So, and it keeps you from ever figuring out maybe why why you had a nagging feeling that something wasn't right in the world on Monday. So it's uh, it's sort of insidious in that you know if if, if that there is a purpose to it. That includes that, you know, of just uh, basically confirming everyone's suspicions and misdirecting them. So, yeah, but I do believe there is an end goal, which is to have just, you know, the average person not have access to, just like it is in England, just like it is in Australia, that, um, I mean, criminals will still get guns somehow or another, but that doesn't really matter because it's the point is not to reduce crime. The point is not to reduce murder. The point is to just have the average person, um, well, sort of declawed, I guess. I don't even Time know if that matters at that point. I don't even know if it matters at that I, point whether you have guns or not. I think the the point is maybe to structure society at the point where it won't even matter. You know, where you got to go through a metal detector to get here, and your, you know, your your travels restricted to a, you know, a huge level, and you know, I mean, I, I saw somewhere that a church is putting in metal detectors. Like that's just nuts. A church put, oh, wow. puts in metal detectors, and you know, kids are going to school with metal detectors. They've been going to schools with metal detectors for 25 years now, and you you accept that as normal. You know, and you have to produce an ID to get in. You know, the you know bigger jobs where you have these, you know, a campus, and you have a, a security guard up front, and you have a little ID tag with your name, and you know you have to scan something to get through. Well, you know, 40 years ago, people would go, "That's crazy," but now it's perfectly normal and acceptable. You know, to to do that. So the the more craziness, like you know the mass shooter events that happen, more people, you know, find that kind of stuff acceptable. And it wouldn't matter if you have guns or not if you're restricted to your little 500-foot apartment, you know. So that's kind of how I look at it. Yeah, I do believe that it's, it, it, it is uh, probably a concern as far as, you know, it, where where they want to take us in the future, um, it, it's not going to, um, you know, set well with a lot of people. And then, you know, there's probably going to be some, you know, potential for some problems as far as like uh, where you're going to have interactions with these uh, so-called authorities and all that. And then whatever you're being required to do is not something you want to do. And if you have an option that's like, well, I'll just go out with guns blazing, then maybe that's, but the idea that there would be some kind of like citizen uprising that would, that would involve firearms against the government. No, I don't believe in that at all, but I do believe that there is a, there is an end goal to make the overall populace more docile, more, dependent on 
these uh, art, artificial institutions. And it's just, it, I think it's going to be as inevitable as, yeah, somebody taking their cat to the vet to get the claw. It's like, yeah, it's, you know, it's got it scheduled and it's coming up. And well, it's good. just a process. Yeah. A gun keeps you, you know, taken you, can through. Go out you can go shoot a squirrel, you know, with a gun and eat, you know. So it's, uh, there's, there's definitely a, you know, an agenda to make it completely dependent there. But, you know, the yeah, guns are just, I mean, not, they'll, they'll take your car guns, away. Just, and, yeah. Yeah, everything. Yeah, everything guns, that, guns are just one Guns are just one component, but it, we're, we're seeing this all around us in a lot of different areas of this in, this this continual onward move towards interdependency, where it's like you you, you know this the direction is always to go in this state of interdependency to where the the average person has just no absolute control over their life; they're just completely dependent on the system. And I think, like, you know, people having a degree of freedom to be, you know, somewhat self-sustaining or to protect themselves, it's just not part of the program. And there's a lot of other things that are coming in, coming in too, that are, um, you know, directed toward that goal is just to make, to make people more dependent or interdependent on the, you know, the system. And, uh, I think that's what it is more than anything. I don't, I don't think so much that, like the paint, the picture that's painted by some, like Alex Jones or somebody like that talking about some like second American revolution. Well, the first one was a, a fraud and a put on. Right. So the second one would be a fraud and put on, but no, it's not, that's not the danger is that there be, yeah, an, uh, an organized uprising that will quote-unquote, overthrow the government. That's that's just nonsense. That's just, yeah, well, that's, that's just never going to happen. What, you, what like, are you going to do when you get... Yeah. What are you going to do when you Yeah, what are you going to do when you get to the White House and figure out it's a film set anyway? You know, it's like... Well, yeah, shoot holes in the... Uh, what, the... Uh, plaster and all that stuff there. I mean... All that you plastic garbage out there just shoot holes in it. It's there's it's not like there's a steering wheel there or you know, a set of gear shifts or something <laughs> that you're if you're operating this like giant a, robot that's the country, it's you know it's it's absolutely silly. And and what are what are a bunch of, you know, doughy middle aged guys with twenty twos gonna get do against a couple F sixteens and you know, the world's largest military and uh you know, it's, it's just crazy. The, the only people that will suffer are regular people. You know, it's it's just oh, yeah. absolutely nuts to have that that fantasy through your head. You know, so uh, it doesn't make any sense at all. So, I mean, you know, it doesn't I, make I, sense I, to a degree where it's like if you have like kind of your you know your your hold up on a piece of property or somewhere you can sure. maybe hold off agents of the government or something like that and that i can see maybe that being something potentially that's well you know that would be avoided among other things but yeah i think yeah the real yeah the real goal is to make interdependency and 
but that's not only just guns. It's a lot of, you know, it's on self-driving cars. Uh, but the big thing is the economy itself is, uh, yeah, it's just makes us more interdependent. Yeah. There's, I mean, it might make sense locally if you, you know, somehow became mayor of Lawton and took the place over and, you know, got the entire Lawton police force to, you know, do your bidding and, uh, walled the city off somehow and, you know, like that that's about the only way that would ever have a a chance at all of, of anything until, you know, they came in with the F sixteens and nuked the shit out of you. Yeah. So Oh yeah. It uh it's it's just uh but yeah, everything is just no, keep you keep you on the farm, you know. So keep you producing. So Yeah, keep you producing and yeah, don't get any ideas about being self-sustaining and uh, or yeah, I, I I don't I really don't think though that in the bigger picture that the idea that like you know all these gun owners out here pose any kind of threat to the government. I think that's just it's just a um, yeah that that idea is uh, unless there is going to be some kind of like round up into FEMA camps, but I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Um, yeah, I don't, but you don't know, then again, it's like, if we kind of go the way of Australia and go, uh, like why not? I mean, but w- I, I don't understand what would be the point of rounding people up and putting them into camps when we're they don't have pretty to. much in a camp already. Yeah. <laughs> they don't That's have one to. thing I can't figure out. It's like, yeah, we voluntarily I mean, go in into our chains, and we go into our we're we're already in our little camps and stuff, you know. Yeah, they they um, might. But they then might, again, uh, too, you know, the, they might round everybody up and make them work at the Walmart. Wait, they already do. You know, it's it's yeah, crazy. Yeah. You know, they they might uh they might actually turn you into a slave and have you uh you know working in an office all day after the FEMA camp. Well wait, everybody does. You know? So they don't have to do that. Sitting in a know? gray cubicle all day and you <laughs> push paper around. Oh yeah. That's uh yeah. first national pain. Yeah, positions open. And people voluntarily go down there and take that job and sit there all day, every day in and day out. Yeah, I know. It's it, that's so. What would be the big difference in a yeah a FEMA camp? But I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't buy into all that stuff. I, I don't. Um, now they math conceivably all that. Yeah, they could conceivably do something in the short term, you know, locally maybe to, you know, something like the Great Depression or something like that to, you know change attitudes or something or change the people's perceptions on things. But I, I don't see that as being something real. You know, I, I think they've got it pretty well, this thing pretty well managed at this point, you know. So I think it's working pretty well for them. So I think they're building oh, yeah. up pyramid pretty well right now. So now every everything oh, yeah. they're doing oh, right yeah. now is they're just managing perception. At this point, 
it's managing decline, you know, of people, you know, looking back and going, man, you know, my parents had it pretty good, and I had it pretty good for a while, and, you know, why did, why does shit suck at this point? So they have to figure out some way to rationalize, have you rationalize why shit sucks? you know, and manage the decline. Why, why am I unhealthy and why do I not have any money? And, you know, why are my kids, you know, going to have probably a tougher go at it than I did, you know? So I, I think that's probably more real than FEMA camps at this point. So. Oh, yeah. It's kind of the everyday FEMA camp, you know, it's, it's <laughs> the issue. And it's like, yeah, we've already accepted that. I mean, a, a different FEMA camp would just be, you know, just a little change of scenery for a lot for a lot of people. You know, maybe bad for some people, but I, oh. you, uh, you know, I, you I really good. don't know what to think about the the whole idea, the whole notion of FEMA camps. Is it, it is it is it something that has to play some kind of role? In the in some future rents, I, I I don't rule that out. But yeah, I, I'm I'm with you on the idea that it, it would be localized to some. This wouldn't be some big, huge, gigantic, nationwide, you know, resettling relocation thing. Um, well, but if, then again, on the other hand, too, it's like a it it could be uh, to some limited extent somewhere. Well, they they don't need to necessarily do it militarily if they wanted to. A hurricane could roll through, or you know, uh, some a meteor could hit tomorrow, and everybody in uh, you know Lawton would have to go, you know, hop on the buses and go live in the trailers for a while, and then they relocate you because you know the aliens nuke the middle of town. So now everybody in Lawton needs to move up to Detroit. You know, so, and and we already see that in other countries, you know, so maybe the FEMA camps are already somewhere else, you know. If you if you live in uh, Afghanistan, I guess there already are FEMA camps, so. Yeah, yeah, that's, um, but that's a commonly held belief that that's going into the preparatory phase to take to have full-blown gun confiscation and to round people up into FEMA camps, which that's, that's totally outlandish. There's not enough people in government to do that sort of no. thing. We're, Unless we're they're already... hiding out in underground bases or something. They're going to a bunch of, uh, it's just nonsensical. It's really nonsensical. We, are, we already have FEMA camps, just everybody, you know, you leave it at 11:30 to go get Arby's, and then you come back and clock back in for it. So, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. Uh, um, yeah, man. Um, oh well, that's civilization, and it's kind of uh, crazy on every level. No doubt about it. I mean, to me. It's um, no, it's not progress. No, it's not uh, advancement. No, we don't live in an advanced, so-called advanced. It's just a word. What, what does advanced even mean? Advanced from what? Towards what? 
advancing mm-hmm. uh, kind of implies that you're making them move in a certain direction, but from where and where to advance well, or progress, you know. Miniaturization, Chris, and apps. Come on. There's yeah, to a million smaller to make things smaller. I mean, why? I mean, yeah. I mean, oh, we could put a smaller, chip in the brain. Smaller and more more connected. So you know, we could we could be more chatting connected. With, chatting with penguins in Antarctica. That's that's progress. You know. So and and also yeah, we could now they. They got a pill for your brain to make you feel better, but now they also have a pill to make your hand tremors go away, too. That's progress as well. I just unmuted OpenThink uh, in the chat. Hello? Bug. Hey, how you doing? This is a Hoaxbusters call here. Uh, Who's calling in? Uh, open think. Uh, I've been listening to you guys uh, for the last four or five months, and it's been pretty interesting. You're not your typical show. I have sort of the same ideology or beliefs too. Uh, civilization is uh, what we have today is a fake. It's fake. It's artificial. It's simulated. Like. And it and it takes away from our true selves as human beings to be a slave of the state instead of being our own creation and, and to live life in a, a true tribal way. Oh well, yeah, I'm glad you called in here. Um, yeah, it's it's just taken for granted. This is the way it is. I mean, this is the way to be. Now I know it's the way it is, but. It's, but is this the way to be? And it's like, no, I mean, let's reject that idea. But then it's like, oh, well, what are you going to do about it? Uh, you're going to, uh, I mean, for myself, I'm going to pay attention to maybe the way things have always been done and then were very successful and led to a more um, sort of uh, full human existence instead of this kind of, denatured artificial one um that's that's one thing um but yeah the idea that you know there's going to be some huge movement like that will appear that'll like uh, reject uh civilization as a whole no uh -uh. no well i live in i live in uh i live i live in uh la county south bay I live in in between Hawthorne and Manhattan Beach, California, and I'm telling you, man, it is – I think you've been here before probably. One of you guys has. It's – I'm talking about the drive, the rat race. It's so so pathetic. Worse than ever, huh? Oh, gosh. It's – wow. Yeah, it's totally – I don't know, man. The way people probably almost unbearable. Man. Yeah, almost. Yeah, it's true. And since the traffic and stuff, it's even going into stores and stuff when you have to, you know, go uh, buy stuff. Even like in Whole Foods, like 
supposedly, and like everywhere you go, man, like around here, you see like a zombie. They're like zombified people. You, there's there's nothing in between their heads when you look in their eyes. It's just like uh, it's almost like watching a Beavis and Butthead uh, real life uh, reenactment or something. It, I, and I'm not trying to be mean. It's just it's it's really awful, man. It's uh, it's bad. I do have a question for you though, uh, Chris. Um, I've uh-huh. been I've been I've been intrigued. I've listened uh, two or three times from your podcast on uh, December 17th uh, about veganism or plant-based diet. Uh Uh-huh. So uh, my question is, from from what I've heard on that podcast and a little bit of your, some of the other shows, so, so, do do you personally in your own advocate that or you, you come from it was created by like the powers that be, or or is it a or is it a inorganic movement from from the powers that be, or is it actually a a true way of living? That's my question. Oh, I think the yeah the 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 whole vegan movement is is yeah it's, it's being promoted at the top. Uh, I'm uh, sure of it. And, uh, it's, yeah, it's, you know, I mean, like, like I say this, even let's say that that's the way to go to kind of just not have any kind of animal products in your food. Okay. It's, it would, would, would the vegetables and the fruits and vegetables that are accessible to the average person, are they adequate to fulfill that new? And it's like no, absolutely not. I mean, they're grown in denatured soil. There's, yep. You know, they're modified all kinds of different ways. Yep. And um, that's it's just it's just going to lead to more illness, is what I, what I believe. And it's it's already now where it's like how much of the food pyramid is already plant based? They're growing the majority of it. It's like what what do you what do they even mean by plant based diet? It's like well. You know, people will switch to this vegan thing, and they're eating, you know, vegan mac and cheese and those other crap. You know, it's like, what? What is? It? It's just some processed, um, you know, flour and all this other nonsense. It's like that's, it's just that's what that's the reality of the situation. The the people who are actually going to eat. I mean, just setting all things aside, the debate of whether meat's good, whether it's bad, or whatever. And just deal with the facts. It's like, what what is this going to mean for the majority of people that adopt this vegan thing? Is they're going to be eating more crap. They're going to be eating, like, you know, processed noodles and all this other stuff just to try to feel full, to try to eat, you know. And yeah. it's just going to make more people sick just from a practical, realistic level. It's like people can't, aren't going to have access, generally aren't going to have access to, um, and, and I'm just saying this from the perspective of just saying, um, let's say they're right. You know, the, that's the way to go. What's the reality going to be? It's going to be more people getting sick, eating more junk, eating more processed trash, and and not even having meat, which might have been, for a lot of people, um, the most tr- nutrition they were getting. You know, and they cut that out of their diet, they're just going to be deficient in B12, other other stuff. 
Yeah, and I have going to get a lot of people, yeah, sick and dead. Yeah, I have a friend that uh, switched to veganism a little over two years ago, and for him, he said he's it's changed his health has improved in a dramatic way in in areas that he was suffering in. I don't. Know. I mean, I get, maybe it depends on the individual or something. Yeah, I mean that that's the thing too. It's the you know the a- anecdotal evidence. It's like oh, I've had this um, benefit from it. But yeah, I think it's it's good to look at you know, or listen to people who've uh, been on the been on the the diet for years. You know. Oh, and not then like two, not like two two or three. Two still like really baby steps. So you mean by years, like at least five or more. Or something like yeah, that. five five years, five six. You know, it, it it's like uh, it, it, yeah. There's so many people say that it you know really um, became became glaringly apparent that they were deficient and needed to needed to eat you know some meat products and stuff. But um, yeah, there seems to be like a lot of lot of contradicted conflicting stuff certainly around food um but I, I, but here's here's the the facts this is undisputable i think i think it's probably beneficial to boil it down to this and it's kind of repeating what i said before but just to point out it's like the fact is that somebody goes quote-unquote vegan they're going to be restricting their diet. And then the likelihood that they're going to be coming up deficient is just going to be greater. And I think that's the over the overarching goal is just to, to make, make more of the population more sick, more compliant, more docile. And that's going to, apparently it's, uh, um, becoming pretty widespread. And, uh, but it, yeah, I yeah. do believe there's short term benefits definitely in it doing a vegan diet and then making good effort to eat, you know, decent quality stuff and vegetable stuff. Cause it's, cause from what I understand, plants detox you. So you're going to detox, you're going to feel better for a while, but you're, but you're going to be depleting your, um, it, your nutrition needs in other areas. Like, you know, by, by, you know, eating your own fat stores and then eating your own muscle stores and eating, uh, yeah, you basically are cannibalizing yourself. I mean, that's 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 how I think it works because there's there's just not in plants you're just not getting the nutrition. But yeah, yeah. but the 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 signs don't show up until you know a couple of years, five years yeah. maybe. I don't know exactly. That's that's yeah. that's my perspective on it. Yeah. And, um, my, no, of course, yeah. Like a lot of people are going to disagree, but yeah. Well, like my 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 doctor. I mean, I'm in good health, but she recommended me if I wanted to be in better health. She, this was back in July last year. She, she recommended me to go on a plant based diet. Uh huh. <laughs> so. So. Oh really? So, yeah, yeah. I mean, and I, I heard others too, like other people have acquaintances with like saying like their doctors are saying go plant based diet. I'm I'm wondering if that is a propaganda move 
from the top maybe or something now like that certain doctor or doctors now are becoming more open to uh to do, to do plant-based diet then since it's since Bill Gates promotes it and some other figures that won't technically oh, yeah. destroy humanity promote it maybe okay well maybe we get behind it and then they push it down to these different uh doctors and you know places that recommend to their patients oh yeah just go on a plant-based diet everything will be okay or something like that it's just, it's just, maybe it's two-sided it's like a two-sided coin of one is meds and vaccines and then the other side is uh this total plant-based diet maybe propaganda jargon I don't know, but I, I know I know I've tried uh, to be uh, vegan, and for me, for my body, I tried two months, and man, I I got sick. I felt weak within two months, to be honest. So. Oh yeah. Uh, it, it. I mean, I don't eat bad, but when I went back to eating meat, not in moderation and while well, gain, it, I felt better. I. I don't know. My body can't handle that, to be honest. I can't, I can't handle it no longer than two months or so because it it made me weak. I couldn't do things like I normally could. So I get, like I said, I get oh, yeah. depends on the person and stuff. But I don't know. There's there's but there's so many people on the YouTube that are saying that if you eat meat and stuff, you're like you're stupid and you hate. You hate Mother Nature. You hate life and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know. So <laughs> maybe that's propaganda too. Yeah, the propaganda is pretty heavy. I think it's then probably now it's becoming more common in television shows and movies and stuff to to write all that pro vegan stuff into scripts, and then celebrities, of course. And yeah, it's definitely being promoted at the top. So yeah. I mean, I. I take it too. If it's something that's like appearing on the scene as promoted from the top, it it just can't be good. Um, yeah. Yeah, it just can't. I mean, it's uh, it, yeah. There's there's no reason why Bill Gates wants people to live longer, healthier lives. Shit, he wants he he's rant and raves about overpopulation all the time. Like what what the hell would that would that good good would that do if the planet's overpopulated? Think about that for a second. Okay, yeah. go on a vegan diet and live longer, but the planet's overpopulated out of the other side of his mouth. Does that make any damn sense, dude? No, it doesn't. Yeah. It's like, um, yeah, the same people, too, that are, are are promoting this vegan shit are the same type of people that will say, yeah, global warming, overpopulation, whether the earth is too too many people on the planet, you know, we need we need massive die-offs of humans. Uh, but go vegan. We want everybody to live long and healthy. <laughs> like, yeah. no, you two, it's two contradictory things there. You don't want a, something that's going to make people live longer if the goal is to make get people off the planet. And, you know, Bill Gates, he's obviously wants less people on the planet. And, and so does uh, a lot of other people at the same time that are advocating vegan diets, like the United Nations, like, oh, they have councils of overpopulation, uh, <clears throat> documents of a, um, memorandums and stuff about that, you know, memorandum 200 and Kissinger signed off. There's like people that, like, yeah, the earth is overpopulated, you know, we need to get rid of, rid, rid of people. Um, oh, let's start 
vaccinating everybody. Oh, oh, right to make them healthier and live longer. Or is that the goal, really? So, no, it's to kill people. And then this vegan agenda, vegan diet push, is just another extension of it. So yeah, you combine the vegan shit and the shots, and it, you, you're just going to see people dropping dead at earlier ages, people more diseases, stuff like that's that's going to be the that's going to be the outcome. But yeah, in the short term, I think when people, yeah, they start they 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 go to like vegan or plant-based yeah in the short term they feel better yeah i think i i I don't disagree with that i don't think that for for a lot of people but yeah it depends i i i oh it's a long time ago i stopped eating meat for like uh i i think i only lasted like not even a week Uh, not even a week went by where i was just like damn i can't wait till I get me or something. This is just not going to work. And I was just, yeah. Experimenting around with the idea. Yeah. Yeah. So what's going to school? So what, so what diet are you like? What are you, what's your food diet now? Or like, what do you do now then? Do you, do you have any alternatives or anything to that? Or Oh, like I've been talking about, um, that I've been eating uh, a lot of consuming a lot of raw milk, a lot of raw dairy, stuff like that, and uh, raw meat. And uh, oh, how, yeah, I've been talking coming? about that, and I've been doing that for several months. How's that? No, I, I I believe it's like really beneficial to me. But then again, too, it's like yeah, it's like people say the same thing about vegan diet. So it's like what you know. What, yeah. It's just, you know, what is one castle the other out? I don't know. It's like, I think the way, I think for me anyway, I think, I think the evidence is heavily on the side of, yeah, eating meat because of there, there's no, there's nothing to go off of other than looking at primitive cultures and the level of health that they enjoyed and they obviously ate meat. So, um, yeah, and a variety of things, and I, I think the the point is too. Another important point is that yeah, they weren't eating the adulterated processed crap. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it just uh, and, I mean that's what it is for me. Yeah, and you and you made a good point. I heard I think in 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 one of your previous podcasts, like now they're just figuring out that vegan being on a vegan diet is good for us in society. I mean, if the if the vegan diet was the sole diet good for the society, they would have been doing that I think for the most part a long time ago. Like people in uh Oh yeah, I would have been town out of course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it, it, yeah, it's, it's just, common sense too, man. I mean Yeah, that's that's uh, I think that that that's a good point or it's yeah, they're just now getting around to figuring it out. Nah, it's nonsense. Total, total, absolute bull crap. Oh yeah. well, the meat industry has been paying off the, uh, you, you know, the FDA all this time. It's like, nah, it's, nah, it's just <laughs> not true. I mean, yeah. come on. Oh well, the well, what happened to the meat industry? Like, oh, 
all of a sudden everybody got the idea. And because 1% of people are going vegan, this has weakened the meat industry. And now they don't have the clout that they did before. Oh, what happened? Oh, no, the, oh, okay. I know what happened. Um, some, somebody took a notion to make a documentary about like what happens in factory farms and because of these documentaries that have come out recently, it's persuaded all these people. So now all the, you know, Cargill selling their feedlots and all this other stuff based on this. And then Bill Gates and Richard Branson, everybody are promoting plant-based because a couple of documentaries came out. It's just fucking stupid. Yeah. yeah like the, like the fork right. over knives. Have you seen that documentary? I, I don't know if I've seen that one. Yeah, that's that's what uh, my uh, healthcare system where my where I go they pr- they promote that forks over knives about how they used to uh, doctors used to go to like basically third world countries and give them the wheat uh, what is it some special like rice something I don't know I don't remember it's been a while and then they realized that the uh, people there were still like malnourished. So the doctors came up, well, let's do plants, uh, veggies and stuff or something alternative and came out, they were healthier. And then I, I think that sparked and spawned uh, the, this documentary called Forks Over Knives. I think basically some, it's something like that. So it's uh, they say it's very, very popular. So, yeah, I've heard that one mentioned, uh, the, the turn around. No, I mean, what's the, I mean, what, so that's mainly what it's about, like some studies that were done or some. Yeah, something like that. I, I didn't really get, I didn't really get into it because I tried to watch it, but it was. But the bottom line is that, the bottom line is that people should eat plants only, right? Yeah, basically, yeah, basically, plants and fruits only, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. which is, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't see how they get so many people to convert to it because my, when I, when I tried it, yeah, I was like you were, like you were saying, you too, like you just got really weak and, like you know, I, I was just, I was obviously, I, I was like. Um, not feeling it at all. I was, but then to get into it's like, uh, yeah, what what exactly, what vegetables am I eating or what? It's like, yeah, it's just too, um, it's so much conflicting information. But yeah, I think where all the evidence lies is like uh, with the study, like Weston A. Price and yeah, the natives and the primitives and stuff. Yeah, like I said, that, that there's no there's there, the documentation you could find is like they 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 weren't going around diseased and everything. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that's that that's what I'm that's what I stick with. Just you know, what did people do naturally when they lived in a natural state? Uh, that that's what makes the most sense. Did they only eat plant? No, no, of course not. There's no cultures that can be found anywhere that ate strictly plants. There's just none. I, I don't. Yeah. And these vegans will make up just bullshit. They'll say, oh, the Okinawa, they live a long time, and they only eat plants. It's like bullshit. They they have pig features prominently in their diet. That's not a plant. 
pig is not a plant. <laughs> it's like it, you know. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah. It's like they they oh, have to lie oh, and make up shit. Then then. Oh, is the doctor? Hey. Oh yeah. Hey, it's not. It you always like pop in when we're talking about medical-related stuff or health-related stuff. Well, I thought it would help you out. I th- it sounds like you're mansplaining to me. Uh, Well, yeah, being a man and then explaining something, I guess I am mansplaining, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, they sure have lots of gummy uh, meat around here, so that's pretty good explanation for our for our good health i think <laughs> yeah well like what are you talking about exactly well no one's died around here people people eat a lot of carl buddig lunch meat and stuff around here and <laughs> seems like they're they're happy healthy people that are so there's there's my empirical evidence. So go ahead, go ahead and eat meat then. Oh, you mean at the ranch? When you say here, you mean at the ranch here at the at the yeah. I just got back from I just, I just got back from the walk-in oh, okay. freezer and there's all kinds all kinds of meat in there. So oh, they got and yeah, it's okay. been going on for 45 years, and I, I don't think there's there's like not very many obese people around, and there's um, they eat meat. They they walk around a lot. They they like play music and fix things and and uh, so. But there are some vegans around too. I heard maybe well, I don't know. Yeah, it's not very scientific. I guess it's not very scientific. So I saw the head. I was walking and I saw the headstone for one of them. And so, unfortunately, they. Didn't make it to this this year's fest, but they were vegan. I'm kidding. Uh, uh, I don't Very know any kidding. dead vegans because I don't. Well, there was some debate. I don't know if it came up. Like, I think I was talking about that in that debate that I had there. It's like, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll name some. Uh, there, are, I don't know of any people who died of early ages vegans i don't know any vegans like who where are the vegans at where in the world can you point me out to where they're at you know and, and then if if that and that that's clearly the case so how can you have any uh information on how beneficial a vegan diet is if there isn't vegans to be found anywhere in the world oh chris they're on they're on youtube you can find them i've seen them and yeah they, they all came they on all... the scene in 2015 well, but then they'll, they'll, they'll say, "Oh, some and... some India, some some sect in India eats exclusively," and then you go look into it, and it's just not true. And it's like, so if they have to make up shit to prop up their belief system that eating plants only is the way to go, then I, I don't know. That makes it all. But what about the what about the earth? What about the earth? What about the what cows? About it? Well, but there's cows on the earth, and we're eating them, and the cows eat grass, and the grass is um, 
there's a reason why the cows are harming the earth, I think. I just can't think of it right now. Um, because they're drinking so, all the water. Oh, yeah. So if you eat only plants, then you're saving the earth because because cows eat more plants than than just eating plants by themselves. Is that the reason? Oh, so you'll save more lives by just eating plants. Because if, if you're eating cows, you're eating all the plants the cow murdered while it was eating, plus you're murdering the cow. So that's more murders, and you should want to do less murders. Yeah, murdering is bad. That's that's so murdering is yeah. bad. So you yes. so you jump to the conclusion that killing a cow is equivalent to murder and then you make your case from there. Yeah, I yeah, there but the yeah, the vegan debate is a non-debate. It's a, it's just one non sequitur after another and, and a false one false equivalency after another, uh, and one I'm logical to remember. after another. Yeah, I'm starting to remember. That's, but why did God make cows from delicious meat? I would think that was because they're to eat. But then, yeah. Yeah. That's what I think. I mean, I don't... But then they, yeah. But I, I don't, yeah. I don't want to rehash all that again. It's just okay. You guys just, were um, well. I think pl- I like eating plants almost as much as eating meat, and I like to eat plants. And plants yeah, do not object. Plants do not object as much when you eat them. You can't hear their cries of suffering. Because they, they communicate. Yeah, like if you're mowing, oh, if you're mowing the grass, or if you're out. I mean, not, they seem to be very pleased with having their hedges trimmed and such, and and then, but they're not quite as delicious as meat, though. So it's kind of a, I'm torn between the two. I think I think I'm going to keep eating some of each, some plants. So Psy Girl says you can you can get most of your fat requirements from nut butters and olive oil. It's like so you can get most of your fat requirements from eating cow meat. You know, it's like and that's the thing too that was part of the debate is like well, you, most of you them. can get your you can get your nutritional needs from plants. So so therefore it makes eating animals morally wrong. It's like no it doesn't. No, it doesn't. But that it's it's. But there's this just completely complete departure from logic with the with the rhetoric on this thing, and it's just yeah, it's just amazing. And this is a you know seems like it's ever expanding. So that's why well, I, I would, go on and on about it. I, I think it's more earlier than flat Earth. People have spent countless hours talking about flat Earth. I mean, not me, but you know, people out there and it's like this, the other subject is way more important than as a movement anyway, because I, I really do think that it's going to be impacting like, especially like parents in the future when their kids are going to school and they're going to be coming to them saying, Oh, is it wrong to kill and eat cows? I don't want to eat 
meat anymore, Mom. I think it's bad. Just just wait for it. It's coming. Because that's where it's going <laughs> to that's where it's going to come through. It's going to come through this peer pressure and this and the and the YouTube videos and stuff like that. And and I think like this is you know magically appeared on the scene around the year 2015. Incident, you know, maybe not so coincidentally around the same time flat earth movement, but I don't know what relation there is to that. I don't know, but there is some crossover. But anyway, I, I, I don't think this is going away. It's not a diet fad. It's being promoted at the top. And this is, I, I think, even a bigger concern for a lot of people as far as their children are concerned than vaccines even. I think this, um, well, maybe it's equally important. I should say maybe as equally as important as the vaccine question thing, because I think a lot of people are going to be confronted with this as their children get exposed to this propaganda. And this is going to be how it, how it's going to come into the cultures by way of, uh, yeah, just, uh, probably young, young, younger kids you know kids probably teenagers pre-teens that are kind of like so they're so they're going to school they're hanging out with their friends they make their own food choices a lot of the times they're not at home eating and they're gonna they're gonna be adopting these so-called vegan thing and then they'll be at home and then they'll be like oh i don't eat meat and this is going to be the new trend and, well, around the so. around the dinner table, there's going to be conflict around the dinner table. They're going to come home from second grade or whatever, and they're going to tell their parents that that uh, whatever they've prepared for dinner is unacceptable. And um, I'm yeah. sorry, I would rather go back to my room and play video games instead of eating the dinner that you've prepared. And by the way, you're you're destroying the earth by preparing this meatloaf for me, and the animals are suffering, and uh, you're just trying to murder me and the planet and all the animals. So I'm going back to my room and I'm going to um, play video games because I'm generation yeah. I'm generation Z. And that's what we do. We're standing, we're standing up for the earth and for the animals and um, for our own self-determination because we, uh, we saw it on TV and it's very important. We eat celery sticks and we play Minecraft and that's what well, we do. Minecraft. And that's, don't be dissing Minecraft. I mean, Minecraft is a wonderful game. We, me and Chris played Minecraft earlier today. As yeah, with actual, with an actual pickaxe and a rocky, not exactly rock. It's, yeah, I guess rocks. There were rocks. Uh, it was very similar to Minecraft, as I understand yeah, it. It was. Uh, but we got her done. And uh yeah, my Minecraft with the uh, actual picks. That was the joke of the day earlier. I'm talking about what are you saying like really? some of your kids in class were um, when back when your school teacher would talk about it. 
but then if you could like say oh yeah maybe we have a field trip and go to minecraft my what is it minecraft camp and then have have the kids out there with the actual minecraft is like actually digging around the barn out there well every every once in a while you could could inform them that they've like achieved a new level or something after they've like let them dig a couple of ditches and then yeah um and then let them get a your level, your level two now, and like give them some, or you could let them drink some water, maybe. That could be kind of like. And then, uh, if they get um, a festering blister, then that's points. It's not a bad thing. It's like you get points. Oh, you well, just, okay. Just like even just a little. Well, you don't want them to just quit the game. You have to keep them motivated somehow. Some points, and then and then there could be some noises, some flashing sounds, some Pavlovian type things. Get behind them with one of those uh, boat air. Get behind them with like a boat air horn, and give them a honk on that. Yeah. On occasion. Well, okay, um, to find but anyway, I'm about to wrap up the call here because it's going on almost uh, close to close enough to three hours, and I'm kind of getting chilly here. I'm in my uh, tent hammock right now, and it's blown in kind of a cold front, and it's blowing blowing wind under me, and I got a cold spot, and I need to readjust. And, so thanks everybody that called in. Uh, I'll talk to Doctor Foster Clock later. Oh, okay. Thanks for calling in, man. All right, uh, I woke up. I woke up, so I called in. All right, thanks for calling in, dude. All right, doctor, everybody. Um, yeah. Up. Uh, open. Everybody open thing. Yeah. All right, thanks, man, for calling in. Appreciate it. Uh, first time caller there. Good to hear from him. Open think and the caller that I think he dropped off that was on was it West Maryland, Mister Mindbender, Doctor Mindbender. Oh, two doctors on the call. Tonight. What? Yeah, it was. Uh, what 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 should we say? Uh, a very credentialed episode of Hoax Buster Call. You have to ask Two him doctors about that. on the call on the same night. All right. Well, everybody have a good night. Check out hoaxbusterscall.com. There's not been much posted up there recently, but uh, there is some links to some other things. And um, when I when I get opportunity. I'll post some more stuff on there, and it's uh, yeah, it's a new blog, work in progress. So uh, check it out. And thanks everybody for listening, and take care. Have a good night.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.